I was born in 1985. 1985. So for some of you, I'm like dating myself, and for others of you, I'm dating you. Um, but uh, 1985, I was born, so I consider myself a 90s kid. I don't know anyone else considers themselves a 90s kid. Like, um, so for me, when I think about my childhood and when I was a kid, I think of things I experienced in the 90s. Things like um, shows I watched, like Rugrats, Doug, Full House. Some of you guys are with me. Some of you have, I'm speaking gibberish to you. I get it. Um, I, was, I think about some of the music that I used to listen to when I, was, when I was in the 90s. I was a Christian kid, so I listened to some Christian music. I listened to things like DC Talk. Any you guys know DC Talk, okay? Um, Audio Adrenaline, Newsboys. But then I also listened to, to uh, secular music, I guess would be the word, where I would listen to like bands like Foo Fighters and 90s bands. Uh, I even listened to Creed back in the day. I'm a little embarrassed to tell you that, but we all did at some point if you were old enough. Come on, so uh, uh, Creed. Um, I, used to listen, I used to watch all these different movies. I showed my kids Sandlot the other day. It's great. I love that movie. But the older I get, the more I think about back in the day. And I don't know if that's just me or if that's all of us, but I always think about what I used to do back in the day. And I get nostalgic very easily. I, I, all of a sudden, before you know it, I'm watching all these YouTube clips of videos and shows and music videos, and it brings me back to my childhood. It brings me back to when I had less responsibilities. It brings me back to a different time. In fact, I even decided to um, show you guys some pictures of me growing up a little bit. Okay, so don't be too embarrassed. I know it's a little hard to see with the sun, but let's see what a, co- a couple of these. Hope we can see them. Go ahead, Matt. So there's me as a kid with an with a NES right there. So it's a cute kid right there, okay, if you do ask me. Next one. So there's me. Now, this is perfect 90s Christian kid. Here's why. That shirt is a Mutant Ninja Turtle shirt, but if you can read it, it says, Jesus gives life eternal. It's a Christian version of a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle shirt. That's a 90s shirt if I've ever seen one, okay? Uh, next one. Now I'm going to get a little older. That's my high school that's my high school picture, and I was this close to not putting it up there because I hate that picture, but that's my high school picture. Um, I have a little mustache. You can't see it. Uh, if you want to see it later, I will not send it to you. Next one. This one, I'm like in college, and you can't really see, but first off, my hair's long. I have a soul patch, and I have my eyebrow pierced. You can't really see it, um, but man, that was a mistake. Okay, and then uh, do I have one more? Is there one more? One more, okay. Uh, next one. Okay, yep, there's me in my band days. It's hard to see, I know, with my long hair. But every once in a while, okay, we can take all these pictures off, please. Every once in a while, I will get nostalgic and just watch all these videos and just think about the good old days. It's very easy for me to do that. And you might think, well, what, what are you talking about when it comes to nostalgia? Here's nostalgia. Here's our definition for this entire series. Nostalgia is a sentimental longing for the past. It's a sentimental longing for the past. It's wanting to go back and experience something that you used to experience. It's wanting to go back to those other times. And the older I get, and maybe for you, the older you get, the more you think about the past, and the more you think about what you wish you could go back to, what you could wish you'd get back to. All of us do it. But here is the problem with nostalgia, because there's nothing wrong with it. It's, it's okay to be nostalgic about things. But here's where it starts to get us in trouble. For some of us, nostalgia can interrupt our present and prevent our future. If we are so stuck on the past, if we are so stuck on, on the past, on, on what we used to do, on the good old days, on when things were a little easier, wishing to go back to those times, if we're, if we're not careful, it can interrupt our present and it can prevent us from getting to that future. There's a risk when it comes 
to nostalgia. So today we're going to be reading from Isaiah chapter 46. If you have your Bibles, you can open to, to Isaiah chapter 46, your Bibles, your Bible. It'll also be up on the screen. Uh, let me give you a little bit of uh, background on Isaiah. Um, the book of Isaiah is written by a prophet named Isaiah. Uh, back then in the Old Testament, prophets were speaking for God. So Isaiah is speaking for God in Isaiah. And in chapter 46, at this point, the Israelites, which were God's chosen people, they are in exile. So at this point, uh, Judah had been taken, Jerusalem had been destroyed, the temple had been, had been pulled down, and the Babylonians have conquered. And now they are in exile. Um, the Israelites, they have a very wide experience and a very vast experience of their past of God showing up and providing for them. There's a lot of great things in their past. Um, if you've ever, if you know the story of Moses and the Ten Commandments, eventually the Israelites go and they wander the desert for 40 years, and eventually they get to the promised land. When they get there, that is awesome. It takes 40 years, but they eventually get to the promised land. The promised land, uh, scholars believe it happened around 14, 1406. Here what we're reading is the exile, which happened 800 years later in, in uh, 605 B.C. So the, these Israelites, they have memories of a lot better times, of a lot better times. Uh, they know their ancestors went through some great times. And listen to how God talks to them when it comes to this stuff. Chapter 46, we're going to start in verse 1. Bell bows down. Nebo stoops low. Their idols are borne by beasts of burden. The images that are carried about are burdensome, a burden for, a burden for the weary. So here, God is, is calling out false idols. And he's calling them out by name. He's not just saying, hey, don't follow false idols. He's getting very personal here. He's saying, don't follow Bel and Nebo, who are actual false idols and false gods of the time. Do not follow them. He's getting personal here. So, uh, verse 2, they stoop and bow down together. Unable to rescue the burden, they themselves go off into captivity. See, the Israelites, they had this problem because their God was not a God that you made an idol for. In fact, he refused to, for you to make an idol for him because he can't, you can't make an idol for him. The, the closest it got was the Ark of the Covenant, which the Spirit of God, they believe, dwelled inside of that. But that wasn't an idol because he said you can't make an idol. But every other gods back then, they had idols. So everybody else in that culture would literally carry around their idol. And the Israelites, whenever they were in trap, whenever they were um, in a bad spot, whenever um, they started to feel like God was connected with them, they would always be tempted to worship false idols. You know what? It's working for them. We don't have anything to worship. I want to get a false idol. So I'm going to get that. And God is saying, what happens if you get captured and you have false idols with you? You know what happens with those false idols? They're captured with you. They're put in the back of the pickup truck because they don't rescue you. In fact, all they are is a burden for you to carry around. You literally have to carry this around. It's a burden for you. Verse 3, listen to me, O house of Jacob, all you who remain in the house of Israel. You whom I have upheld since you were conceived and have carried since your birth, even to your old age and gray hairs, I am he. I am he who will sustain you. I have made you and I will carry you. I will sustain you and I will rescue you. What's God saying? He's saying this. Those, those false idols that all these people are worshiping, that you are always tempted to worship, they're dumb and they're dead and they can't do anything for you. They can't do anything for you. But your God, the actual true God, is with you from the beginning to the end, is with you during the, the whole journey. He sees where you're going. He knows where you've been, been, and he's going to carry you there. He will sustain you when you go. Those false idols, you have to carry them around. It's a burden for you. You don't have to carry me around because I carry you around. 
See, that's, it's a fatherly love that he's talking about here. And Jesus says it this way in Luke chapter 12, verse 6 through 7. Are not five sparrows sold for two pennies? Yet not one of them is forgotten by God. Indeed, the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. See, we believe that we have a God that loves you the way a perfect father loves you, the way a perfect father would love you. The other people in the culture, they're carrying around these idols, but this is the God that carries you around. Back to, back to Isaiah, going to verse 5. To whom will you compare me or count me equal? To whom will you liken me that we may be compared? Some pour out gold from their bags and weigh out silver on the scales. They hire a goldsmith to make it into a god, and they bow down and worship it. They lift it to their shoulders and carry it. They set it up in its place, and there it stands. From that spot, it cannot move. Though one cries out for it, it cannot answer. It cannot save him from his troubles. He's pointing out the hypocrisy here. He's saying, listen, you put your own money to make this thing. You send it to a goldsmith. They make it for you, and then you literally carry it around and lift it? Like, you put money into it. You know where it came from because you bought it. You paid for it. He's pointing out the hypocrisy of other false idols. And then the last two verses we're going to look out. Verse 8. Remember this. Fix it in mind. Take it to heart, you rebels. Remember the former things, those of long ago. I am God, and there is no other. I am God, and there is none like me. I make known the end from the beginning. From ancient times, what is still to come. I say my purpose will stand, and I will do all that I please. So if you're going to get nostalgic about anything, your nostalgia should be based on who I am. I am the God that loves you. I am the God who cares for you. I am the God of the universe. And the God that we serve does what he decides to do, which we don't like. I understand that. We don't like that, but it's a good thing. Because we believe that there's a God who created the entire universe. If, when you, if you have kids, imagine if your three-year-old told you what to do. Said, no, 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 that's not how it works, Dad. This is how it's supposed to work. We'd be like, you don't know life. You don't know anything. But that's what we try to do. Say, no, 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 God. I, listen, I know you created everything, and you're literally, I can't even comprehend you. The little bit I comprehend is like half a percent of what you actually are. But God, by God, I, I, I know what we should be doing. God is the God who does what he's going to do, and that's a good thing because he knows your future. He knows where you're going. He knows where he wants to take you in life, so he knows the roads you need to go there. Sometimes he will comfort you when you need comforted. Sometimes he will guide you when you need to be guided, and sometimes like a loving dad does, he will discipline us when we need to be disciplined. He will correct us when we need to be corrected because he wants us to go to live in our full potential. That's the God that we serve. We can have courage, and we can have faith, and we can remember who he is, the God who loves us so much that sent his son for us so that we didn't have to pay the penalty, that Jesus paid the penalty for us. And all we have to do is accept that grace through Jesus and we can spend eternity with him. That's the God that he is, who he is and what he does. But here's where, at least for me, maybe this is just me, but when I think of nostalgia, for some of us, nostalgia can be our idol. They were carrying around these false idols. You're like, I wouldn't, obviously I'm not going to create something to do that. But we do. For some of us, nostalgia is our idol. Man, I remember back in the day, 
man, I remember when it used to be this way. I remember, I just wish I could go back to that time. And know what we do? We start living in the past and we create a burden through our idol of nostalgia. And it's a burden that we cannot carry and that we're not meant to carry. For some of you, you're in a marriage. And you're like, I just wish we could go back to the way it started. Man, if we could just go back to that time period, it, we, were, we were so in love then. We did date nights. We were so connected. We were even intimate a good amount of times. Let's get real. Come on. But why can't, why can't I just go back to that time? Please, I would love to go back to that time in our marriage. Our marriage today is not like it used to be. Some of you, it's your family relationships. I wish I could go back the way, that all the way back to when my kids liked me, to when I got along with my brother and my sister, to when I got along with my parents. I wish we could just go back to that time where it wasn't so hard and there wasn't all these wounds and there wasn't all this pain associated with that. I wish we could just go back to that time. Maybe it has nothing, else, nothing to do with anybody else. Maybe it's just you. I wish I could go back to a time that I was happier, that I didn't have so much anxiety, that I didn't worry all the time, that I wasn't depressed all the time, that I liked the way that I looked, that I liked how I looked in the mirror. I wish I could go back to that time. And when we start to do that, nostalgia is becoming our idol. Nostalgia can become our idol. And here's a, something I want to clue you in on, something I learned about this week. Your past, when you think about your memories of your past, they're not as good as you remember them. They aren't. In fact, there's something called um, fading affect bias. And here's what fading affect bias says. Besides traumatic events, you got to take traumatic events, like really traumatic events, out of there. Um, Here's what fading affect bias is. It's a psychological phenomenon in which memories associated with negative emotions tend to be forgotten more quickly than those associated with positive emotions. So here's what it's saying. For most of us, unless you're like clinically depressed or there's something else like that, that's different. And besides big traumatic events in your life, you always remember those a certain way. When you look back at certain parts in your life, you will tend to remember it more fondly than it actually was because you're going to forget the negative stuff. For me, um, I used to work at Sabaro's at Arundel Mills Mall. You guys know that place? Um, And that was my first job. And every once in a while, I'll go to Sabaro's and I'll look at it and be like, I kind of miss working there. And then when I really think about it, I go, no, I don't. I hated that place. Why? I hated every, I hated every day I had to work there. I hated it. But for some reason, when I think back on Sabaro's days, I'm like, hey, it's not that bad. It was actually, I kind of liked it. It was kind of cool. That's fading affect bias. And a lot of us suffer through this. But here's, here's the point. Here's what, if you get nothing else out of today but this, here's what I want you to get out of today. Wishing for old will never get you new. Wishing for old will never get you new. If you want something new in life, constantly going, man, I just wish we could go back, will never get it for you. Wishing for old will never get you new. Some of you, you wish you could go back in that marriage. You wish you could go back to how it started. Newsflash, you can't. You know why? You're not the same people. You're different. You've been married for five years, 10 years, 15 years. You've had kids. You have grandkids. You can't go back to newlywed. You have a lot more experience. You have a lot more things that happen. You have grown a lot. But if we keep constantly going, man, I wish I could go back, we will never live in what God wants us to do today. Wishing for old will never get you new. You have relationships with people that you wish were different. Your kids, your your brother, your sister, your family. Guess what? It's different. 
There are conflicts there. There are wounds there. There are things that you can't get around. That is life. That's part of it. But if you constantly wish to go back, you will never build a new relationship. You will never help improve that relationship. Constantly wishing for old will never get you new. You're different today than you were. Maybe you don't look the way you, you want to look. I get you. All of a sudden, I turned 28, and I got a little gut. I don't know where it came from. I didn't change my diet. It just showed up. I get it. Some of you, you, you have things, and you're like, I, just, I didn't worry so much when I was a kid. I didn't, I didn't have so much anxiety when I was a kid. I, didn't, I, was more, I was happier. I get it. But you're different. The person you are today can handle the things you're going through now. That person in high school that you wish you could go back to can't handle what you're going through today. Wishing for old will never get you new. It will never get you new. For a lot of us, we keep wishing for the old. We keep wishing we could go back to the good old days. And here's how Paul says it. Paul says it in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 11. He says, when I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put childish ways behind me. For some of us, we need to put our childish ways behind us. I get it. I loved my past. I get it. I love, I love thinking about things in my past. But constantly wishing for old will never get you anything new in life. God has a plan for you today. You're living in the past. Think about what God wants to do for you today. Now, I feel like I'm kind of preaching this at you, but for me, I really struggle with this. I'm, I'm not going to lie. And I, I, have a, uh, I have a life that I love. Like, I have a, a job that I love to do that I'm living exactly what I feel like God's put me on earth to do. I, I, I love the job that I have. I have three great kids. I have an amazing wife. I have great family. I, I have a lot of great things. But even me, even me, with all these things that some of you would be like, man, I wish I had that. Even me, I look at my lifetime and I go, man, I kind of wish at times I could go back before, before we had kids. I mean, I love my kids, but I'm being real with you. There's times where I wish I could go back. Because, man, it was so much freedom back then. Like, we did date nights whenever we wanted to. We didn't have to pay a babysitter 100 bucks to watch our kids for the night. We could just go out. I wish I could go back to then. Man, I, I wish I could go back to when I didn't have to answer to anybody. I was in college. I was single. I did whatever I wanted. I didn't have to tell anyone I was, when I was going to be home. I just did what I wanted. I wish I could go back. There's times where I feel that. There's times for me where I feel like, man, I wish I could go back when I didn't have to worry about all the responsibilities in life. Like when I lived at home, my meals were always there, I didn't have to work. Like, I wish I could go back to those times. Even me, with a life that I love and I would never trade, I constantly do that as well. But when we are constantly dreaming about what once was, we're going to miss today. Because one day, you're going to look back at your life right now and go, man, I wish I could go back to that. One day you're going to do that. And then it's a cycle that you will always be living. You'll always be living for the past and never for the present. One of my favorite shows of The Office, Andy Dwyer says it this way. Oh, not Andy Dwyer. I'm sorry. Uh, Andy Dwyer is from Parks and Rec. Bernard, thank you, Michelle. Sorry. Okay. Um, he said it this way. I wish there was a way to know you're in the good old days before you actually left them. And for, and for you right now, God has a plan for you right now. You're in the good old days right now. But if you're constantly hoping and wishing you could go back, you're going to miss out on today. And then in 10 years, you're going to look back 
to this year and be like, man, that was great, but you didn't even enjoy this year. You're wishing for the old. Wishing for old will never get you new. So throughout this series, we're going to talk about this idea of wishing for old and and nostalgia because we all have a past, and a past is a great thing. God wants to use your past, but for some of us, we're trapped by our past. We're trapped by our past personally, and next week, we're going to talk about how we're trapped in our past in church a lot of times. We're always wishing for the old in church time, in church world. We all do that. But what I want you to understand today as I close, as I finish up, that if you're constantly wishing for what was in the past, the person you are today will not be able to grow. The person you are today will not be able to build your relationships that you want to build. The person you are today won't be able to live out your fullest potential. You're going to interrupt your present and possibly prevent the future God wants you to go because you're so busy going, man, if only I could have that back. Listen, God saved you from that. God redeemed you from that. You don't have to worry about that anymore. And the good things, thank God that he blessed you with that, but God has some good things in store for you today. When we say, I wish I could go back to the old days, we're saying, I don't think God's going to bless me in my today, and I don't think God's going to take me where I want to go. I just wish I could go back to those other days. It's childish. Put our childish ways behind us. Wishing for old will never get you new. Can we pray together? Dear God, I thank you that you are the God that loves us like a perfectly heavenly father. Like the dad who wants what's best for us. Dad that loves us so much that you want to do whatever it took to have a relationship with us. You sent your son to die on a cross for the chance that we would turn to you so that you can have a relationship with us. Thank you for that love that you pour on us. Thank you for that grace that you pour out on us. God, for a lot of us, we're not living in our present. We're living in the good old days. We're living in our past. For some of us, it's causing pain. It's causing anxiety. It's causing our relationships today to suffer. It's causing our marriages to suffer, our, our family life to suffer, our personal life to suffer because we're constantly wishing we could go back to those old days. God, thank you for blessing us. Thank you for being the God that wants to live in our today. And for the people here that nostalgia has become an idol of theirs, where you're struggling with that idea of nostalgia, just like me, I just pray that you convict us, that you guide us, that you push us to live today for you. Because you have a plan for us today, a purpose for us today. And you know where we're going. You know where you want us to go in life. Help us to stop living for the past, to live for our present. We love you. We praise you. In your son's name, amen.